Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 230. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, we wrap up the exciting finale of Mutant Madness. You've been waiting for it, and it's fucking here. In fact, it's already done, and we announced the winners, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, This week had an insanely huge comic release with X-Men Red. And there was some other bullshit. Who cares? We dive into <laughs> last week's Sinister Secrets. Um, anti-gay, pro-gay Disney released another episode of Moon Knight. So we'll talk about that and see you next Tuesday. We play a version of right. This might be stupid. And it's daddy plug time. But uh, first, let's get into a little housekeeping. So last week, Adam and I didn't have any supervision. Uh, so there were mistakes uh, made. Um, in a news story about Ezra Miller harassing people who were singing karaoke and playing darts in a bar <laughs> and then threatening and stealing from the family that bailed them out of jail. Um, we used incorrect pronouns to refer to them. So we'd like to apologize. Not committing crimes is important, but so is getting basic reporting right. I think it was actually CBR that kept using the wrong pronouns. And so we. So just, y'all just repeated. Yeah, the problem. You have no minds of yeah. your own. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever CBR does. Uh, I'd also like to note that we were wrong. Uh, that Clark is an uncle already. Um, Twice over now. So while saying that Clark is also an uncle, it's it was misleading. Uh, but he's more of an uncle now. He's the man from Uncle. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry for doubting Kalen's commitment to the podcast. I shouldn't have suggested he doesn't respect the podcast. When I know he doesn't respect the podcast. I just don't respect you, Brent. I respect everyone else. I don't believe that. Uh, I respect Clark. All of this happened? We, we <laughs> just that's, you, all, that's all they talked about. You and Adam fucking up over and over <laughs> yeah. again? Well, I, I was laughing so hard. I yeah. was like, that's wrong. Oh, I'm not listening that's to That's wrong. It. Yeah. That's wrong. And, that, and it happened fast. I mean, we got things wrong quickly. <laughs> oh <my> yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so speaking of that's fast. That's why oh, when they were talking about like our th- groups of threes, when I said it was you, Ryan, and I, Kaylin. Yeah. It was like the people who knew what the fuck they were talking about yeah. is based on that 100% true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very true. Uh, but speaking of fast, uh, so Ezra Miller, since you mentioned them, uh, their projects are just on hold because Warner is like, what the fuck? So God knows when Flashpoint is coming out, if ever. Yeah, luckily. And not, or Flash. By luckily, Flash I mean, movie. I don't really care because I'm not going to watch it. But the, mo- fan- the recent Fantastic Beast came out this week. Oh, yeah. And he's in that. They are in that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are in that. And fuck that idiot right in the face. I'm glad. Oh, no, I was going to spoil what happens in it. Um, Wait, you've already seen it? No, I read about it, uh, so I'm okay. not going to watch it. Well, it's just weird. I mean, there obviously there are differences, but somebody who's non-binary being in a movie based on a story by a turf is also kind of weird. Well, it's weird. I mean, I guess it adds some level of, subver- of subversion, but... Not enough because it's really just a capitalist. Not enough, cat, bitch. Yeah, cash in. Yeah. I, I mean, this to me sounds, the, the delays sound more like we're just stalling until this new cycle is over, but the releases will still happen for those, right? Yeah. Well, I hope they get the help that they need. Let's all just say that. Yep. All right. Let's move on to some mutant madness. Mm. Uh, it ended, right? Thank God. 
says no one because we loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Oh. Yeah. So this past month, Homo Superior asked all of you to vote on your favorite X-Men storylines over the decades in a March Madness style bracket. And guess what you did? So thank you for everybody who voted and participated. All tens of you. I, I voted against everything that everyone was trying to do. There right. were dozens of us. Dozens. dozens. Uh, all right. So remember, we had four uh, major divisions, the Claremont era, the Epic. extreme 90s. Incredible. The Rise and the Fall of the Mutants. Uh, the Fall and the Rise of the Mutants. Excellent. So in the past week, we had both the final four and the finals. So uh, Dark Phoenix Saga beat out Age of Apocalypse and took the title of your favorite classic storyline. Uh, yes, uh, even though Adam is not here, uh, the 80s beat the 90s. Uh, and I'm sure he's sad, crying in a hole somewhere. But I, th- I, would, I would have thought that the 90s didn't stand a chance. Would I have been wrong in that? They wouldn't have stood a chance, but Adam would have been upset. And is upset. If you got erections from pockets, the 90s were your time, but not storylines. Poly pockets? No, just characters. Oh, okay. Or like no feet. The lay field, no feet. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Hawks Pox, uh, House of X, uh, Powers of Ten, that is, beat out E for Extinction as the best of the modern storylines. And so the finals. Are you ready? Can I have a drum roll, please? Can I have a drum roll? So between Dark Phoenix and House of X, Powers of Ten... I was actually surprised. Hoxpox won. Yeah. Um, I think I was I was expecting nostalgia to to beat it out completely, and the reason I'm so happy is because I think the X Men is always about evolution, and every time they look back, I think they fail. Like when we started this pos- podcast, we had you know the Resurrection era, which they tried to do try to uh, mine '90s uh, nostalgia with X Men Gold and X Men Blue, and it just was like very uh, backwards looking. And so Hoxpox being truly forward-looking and, like, helping set off a completely new era of X-Books, which we're going to get into this week's issues, I think is great. But what did you guys think of, you know, the winner? What did you guys think of, like, how it went? I feel like that's recency bias. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Really? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that the Phoenix Saga stuff, it's just, like, it has had such a huge impact on comics generally but i do feel like hawks and pox is changing everything right now in a way that's very satisfying and it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. it's just because it's new that people remember it and it's good there are so many detractors now though i look at any forum there's like a shit ton of detractors on what's happening with krakoa and everything like that. well they don't know anything there's i mean there was always going to be that kind of backlash because there's a lot of like shitty fans of any anything really but a lot of shitty x-men fans who don't like that it's they're out of the school they don't like the sort of Mm -hmm. the idea of an entire mutant culture that there's like an idea of mutant supremacy you know that like there is no conflict between charles xavier and magneto anymore queer mutants out there sure that too dicking around and i you know recency bias does Makes sense, but I also think that if we had done this a few years ago before Hawksbox mm-hmm. come out, I don't think anybody would have been saying, "Oh, you know, Inhumans versus X Men should have won," or um, you know, the Resurrection books should have won, or X Men, you know, Red or whatever. Do you think Eve for Extinction would have beat Dark Phoenix? I don't think so. I don't. No, I don't know. I wanted Age of Apocalypse to win just to put a span, throw a spanner in the works. I'll, I'll go all the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, have like a, you know, North Carolina type team just make it to the top. 
Yeah. That's the extent of my knowledge about March Madness. Um, were there any storylines that you were wanted to see go further that like maybe dropped off in the first or second I round? Remember. I couldn't be Oh, happy. we had which Extinction Agenda, yes? Yeah, Extinction Agenda lost in the first round. To some shitty book. What was it? Days of Future Past. Yeah, that shit sucks. Well, you, that's only one issue. It shouldn't have been in this whole thing, Caitlin. One issue the does not rigged. a mini make. This goes all the way it's to the story. top. It's I yelled icon- at you. I yelled at you from the beginning about that. It's an iconic storyline. They made an entire no, movie out of that. Don't care. Did they make a movie out of Extinction Ninja? Yes, I don't think they so. Did. That's because that, it, you, this, you're talking about so. Fox when they don't know what the fuck they're doing with the X-Men. Yeah. Those people are broken In monsters. In the X-Men cartoon, did they make a storyline about Extinction yes, Agenda? Not they really. They did. They had a lot of Genosha stuff. They, a lot of Genosha stuff, but not Extinction Agenda. Well, they, they had to do multiple sections of Genosha stuff in order to get to that. Well, I'm actually really sad Extinction Agenda to go further either because I do like that storyline. It's just sometimes... You know, sometimes you but do seeding is, poorly. So this is what I'm upset I with disagree. you about is that yep. you had complete control over the levers of power. <laughs> you could have tipped you it monster. whatever way you wanted. I wanted you to be more corrupt. Move the things in that you want. And I've always I'm, said this. I'm fuck just, the listeners. I'm just like justice. I'm just balancing it out here. I'm awful. as fair That's as possible. Awful. All right. Let's talk about some issues. All right, let's, let's get to the issues. The issues. The issues are a weekly recap of all things X, along with a few of our favorite Marvel house wow. writers and characters. This is a big week because we had a lot of Destiny of X books. Um, first up, you had X-Men Red number one, but then we were also going to talk about Marauders number one, uh, X-Force Annual number one, and X-Force number 27. It's a little mm-hmm. weird that Marvel decided to put out two X-Force books in the same week. Well time. Excuse me. Makes well, sense based. <laughs> Whoa. I think burp. Jesus. Uh, yeah. That's what I think about. Belch. Yeah. That was a cute one. Yeah. Are we morning radio now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go into X Men Red number one first because I think we want to talk a lot about it. Writers Al Ewing, artist Stefano Casali. So the dealings of Planet Rocco take center stage with uh, Magneto's arrival from the fallout of Immortal X Men last week. Disco fan Roberta DaCosta, Vulcan, and Thunderbird, a recently resurrected Thunderbird, I should say, find themselves in a bar brawl at the newly minted Red Lagoon. Abigail Brand on the move, uh, likely for Orcus, and Storm find herself battling inner turmoil from being the queen. Sorry, regent of Morocco, don't call her queen. Storm and Sunspot start to realize something fishy is happening and called a forming of a new brotherhood to defend the planet and the mutants that live on it. So, what's your favorite memory of Storm being an head bitch in charge, as always? This is a, an Adam question, and Adam can't even answer his own wow. question. Yeah, I don't know. When Magneto made that metal castle? That's not the answer to that question. I'm just answering it with what I want to say. Talk about the castle. I don't know. He just basically was talking to this poor little fisherman. What's his name? Fisher King? The Fisher King, yeah. yeah. This guy who has no powers but is a mutant. I don't know. Yeah. Or, yeah. It basically, and then as he's talking to him, he just is talking about his fucked up life and then makes this castle literally out of metal. What about you, Brent? Pulls it out of nowhere. I mean, as far as badass things that Storm has done go, this it doesn't really feel like there was a lot of exciting things that was happening. I didn't really think she did much badass stuff in this one. She was just something really fucked up about some weird monster that, version of her that was trying to be her. I should qualify. I think that they didn't mischaracterize her in any way. I just don't know what Adam was reading because to me it read 
like a very competently written storm interacting with people in a way that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And the extent to which I got excited was the phone it in. uh, We don't, I don't know if we need X-Men. We need a brotherhood. I mean, I like that last panel. Yeah. I mean, that was a great panel. Definitely screamed a fuck yes when that happened. But I think her best moment was when she was talking to Abigail Brand, who said, well, when you guys colonized Mars, she's Mm -hmm. like, no, we're not colonizing this. Nobody lived here. It was a dead planet. Yeah. We came and we resurrected this planet. Yeah, but but then Brand said appropriated, and she was right. I think Brand was right in that conversation. How was she right in that conversation? Because they did appropriate a planet that was supposedly at some point had Martians that we've talked about in Marvel history in the past. Yeah, but they're long dead. And it doesn't mean that they didn't appropriate a place. I don't know. I think to the extent that it's appropriated, it's that the mar that <clears throat> i mean no one's using it it's not there's there's not the same level of appropriation when someone's like actually there and they're trying to pretend to be their culture or take their stuff they're actually remaking this planet to the extent it's appropriation it's like claiming a planet on behalf of mutants in a solar system that they share with another species which is like a dick move mm mm-hmm. mhm Nobody was living on it, though. It was a dead planet. I, I still, I don't like Brand, but I agree with her, and that's one single point. I don't point. know. I think, I think Storm's right on that. All right. Um, so, Magnino, uh, does a collapsed dream storyline still work for him? What do you guys think? I like how he's calling himself Max now. Yeah, that was interesting which, to me. Which I w- went about, like, maybe a year and a half ago, talked about that that's his original real name, and he's going back to that now. Right. Well, and yeah, he's like, Max, uh, er, Magneto, Eric, Jesus Christ, how many fucking names do you have, dude? Well, I did really appreciate Roberto calling him Headmaster Mm -hmm. because it was reminded that he was the Headmaster of the New Mutants. Well, he called him something, and then uh, Magneto told him to tuck his shirt in, and then he called him Headmaster. Yeah. Did he call him Eric? Yes, he called called him Eric. Yeah. Uh, I... So I am still having a hard time believing Magneto leaving the Quiet Council to do this, but I'm happy with the destination yes. if the journey didn't quite make sense to me. I just think like like Al Ewing's like, I've got a plan for him in X-Men Red. Kieran Gillen's like, sure, take him. I'll take him off the Quiet Council. Um I think it makes I think it makes him interesting in a different way, but I'm missing the kind of dynamic of Magneto and the Quiet Council too. I don't know. I feel like I buy it. It it seems reasonable to me that all the things they had planned and the way that they had set this up have gone to shit. So there is no plan now, which means that anything he does, it's like a roll of the dice. Yeah. Staying on the council, who knows what that means. Getting off the council, who knows what that means. So uh, clearly Abigail Brand wants her own shitty X-Men team. Yeah, Yeah, shitty X-Men team. Vulcan, we think, will probably be on it. She just picked him up and took him with her yeah who else do we think will be on that i am we're, we're questioning cable right now cable could be so so you think there's without really be a, realizing he's an x-men of Araco. yeah yeah and then a brotherhood who's going to be much how could better. she just form an x-men team she um, runs sword so she can do anything okay uh, oh well she's i mean I, no i my stupid thought was completely destroyed <laughs> i mean who who would stop her from running an X-Men team? I guess, I don't know. I feel like, doesn't the council approve X-Men teams? But then I'm like, no, the original one wasn't approved by the council. I mean, no. Cyclops not- is like, fuck you. We're going to make an X-Men team. Blow me. What we'll is t- the bureaucratic council going to do to stop them? 
We'll talk about it in a Sanction little bit them. with the beast and brand stuff. I think that connection helps her cause in creating next men team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do we want to then go into uh, X Force? Um, sure. Or is there anything else you wanted to mention? So, um, great, so we art, had, great artwork for Red. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah. So Stefano Stefano Casali has been working on comics for a long time. He drew the Secret Warrior series yeah. that Hickman wrote, and then we reviewed. His art is just like my god, and the coloring like all worked so so well. I thought it was beautiful. I do think that. Well, I, can't, I always forget Vulcan's name. Gabriel Summers is what I keep calling him, and not Vulcan. Um, the fact that he's going off on that one, I call them bird, bird person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bjart, the, bird, one, the one bird person. Yeah, the one Shiar is going to what ties in with our Marauders that we're dealing with the Shiar as well. So the, the fact that we got these four issues this series is this, this week, week all yeah. tie in so much that I they had to do both X forces. Yeah, it does. So let's uh, so, sorry. Go uh, ahead. One thing I wanted to say about the art in particular is yeah. that the backgrounds and styling of Araco are gorgeous. Yeah. And I think it's an understated fact of the artistry that when we think about like why do people defend these lands, the fact that they make so much of a point of emphasizing this beauty and this kind of like <laughs> I mean, it's as as Garden of Eden style state of nature. Yeah, I think can't be overstated as an emotional justification for you, the viewer, because it it defends itself. What what is the council called? They have the Great Ring. The Great Ring. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like fucking craziness. Like half, like three of them are like, and they war, know war. how they're going to die. Oh yeah, and this one will <laughs> die. And I'm like, good they are lord, insane. this is not going to go and, well. And their business is none of ours. Yeah. Well, when you, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Great Ring because Iska abstains from voting every beca- time. Every time because she's like, I'm always on the side of the victor, you know. So I can't sway the way the vote goes. Oh, are you Iska, or is that your way of saving mm-hmm. face? Go fuck yourself. Well, I know she's. I know she can't lose. But fuck you, domino esque powers. Yeah, I don't. Can, could you imagine if she was like a, an American citizen and voted in elections? Like she couldn't vote in elections because like automatically whoever she voted for would win. Well, I do think it is more interesting though that she decides to abstain because why wouldn't I abuse that power? You know, if I could, if I knew that my vote would be the one that you makes would the so abuse that power. Yeah, of course. Yeah, who wouldn't? Uh, me, would you, would, sure. you, would you allow people to know you had that power? No. All right, that's that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> no, you would never do that. No, that You're would just very lucky. Yeah. Oh yeah, it just happened. I agree it just, with this. Well, how could I be the one who decides Not the election? Exactly. God, when is Brent gonna lose finally? God damn it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to X Force. How does she play like sweepstakes and stuff? She doesn't. They don't have anything like that over there. All they right. don't have paper. Do they have paper? She would I don't get know. a golden ticket for sure. Well, she just like get like goes to like the corner store and gets like a little mm-hmm. scratch off yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm a winner because I I can't lose. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> That's how she made her wealth. Yeah. $10 at a time. All right. Now we're moving on to the two X-Force books. First up, X-Force Annual Number 1 uh, by Nadia uh, Sh- uh, Shamas. Kominichi. What's that? No, not Kominichi. Uh, and the artist is Rafael uh, Pimentel. And then X-Force Number 27 by uh, Benjamin Percy and Robert Gill. In X- the X-Force Annual, uh, Beast sets out to figure out uh, who's the bigger asshole, Orcus, or him. Um, it's him. Uh, Domino, Kid Omega, and Wolverine discover a new killer sound for telepaths uh, and Wolverine also fights magnets beast and Emma have a bitch off which probably was my favorite part of the, of mm-hmm. the issue 
And then in X Force number 27, uh, Sage and Beast square off in convincing the Quiet Council about what to do with Omega Red next. A resurrected Arcady seems to be right where he started with, when originally making uh, seeking amnesty. A Cerebro helmet goes crazy, killing Forge on his first day back on the job, and seemingly headed to kill again. Benjamin Percy and Marvel editors attempt to make X lives, uh, the 10 lives of Wolverine, relevant. Mm. Uh, what did you guys think about these two books? I mean, the annual was much better. I agree. I, I love the fact that they have no idea what to do with um, Domino at all. And the fact they thought they had tr- they had gotten her, they had their like the four ball bulbs, and then she just had to you know pick the right one, and then just the fact she had to do anything caused everything else to go wrong for them. As far as annuals go, it's one of the more exe- well executed ones I've seen. It was a story that's not necessary, but actually still enhances the context of X Force. I think it was smart for them to release this the other x-force issue with it because the point that i think the overarching point of x-force now is just show that beast is a total cock well that's when when we were talking about like before the 10 lives and uh deaths of wolverine that's when x-force was the most interesting is whenever you saw beast being utterly machiavellian to the point of almost being a villain and when he wasn't featured the book was not interesting so Mm -hmm. both issues Certainly featured that, but I agree with Clark. I think the annual was a lot more interesting because I think the conversation between Emma and Hank uh, was the strongest point of this. Where like Emma is like, "I've got my fucking eye on you. Like what you are doing is you're not just being, you're not trying to be the bastard we need. You're being a proactive bastard. The fact that you sent X Force out on the suicide mission just to test them." That is morally wrong. It's not like you're not just, you know, doing this to our enemies. You're doing this to us. Now, I, in this one... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. In this one, we had Sage as the one to tell Emma that this was happening. Right. And in the next issue, the next X-Force, it's her stepping up to the plate. With a quiet counselor, yeah. Uh-huh. So she's... Between the two, she's like, not tattletaling, but, you know, like, help me out. And now she's like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm going to just tear this man apart in front of him. I do like that there is a little bit of like that like power struggle now between the two. Uh, Adam asked, are you Team Beast or Team Sage? I'm like, who would be Who's, Team Beast? Yeah. Who's Team Beast? Well, I do think that the, the way in which Sage approaches this is pretty smart because in both cases, it's with a second set of eyes because she knows that any interaction she has with Beast, he is going to be this conspiratorial Machiavellian monster. Yeah and obfuscate or try and change things. But if there are other people watching, Beast can't do anything to Sage that he might do to the rest of the team. I did think the timing was interesting because when in X-Force number 27, when they go to the Quiet Council about what to do about Omega Red, Magneto's still there in the Quiet Council. So this takes place before Immortal Magneto. Okay, yeah. He's on the Quiet Council. So I don't know if it's just a mistake or it takes Mm -hmm. chronologically takes place before immortal x-men number one and it's been read this is the one that immediately connects to wolver house whatever the fuck x wolverine deaths lives yeah as you said so yeah. it would be the next one it would be it's just uh i just surprised that like they've been pretty mm-hmm. good about like timing the stuff like so yeah. if i read them in order like they took place before x-men red but after immortal x-men so mm-hmm. but yeah no interesting stuff i think the moral quandary of uh, omega red i think was really good because yeah. You know, Beast gives them only part part of the information, and Sage says, "Look, no, look. I mean, after 
we he did the stuff with the Vampire Nation. We gave him this choice, and then we fucked him over, and then he did this. I mean, with, everything with that's Russia. going on, it's just adding more and more gravity to the Sabretooth scenario. Yeah. What the fuck is going on there, and why is it such a... How morally corrupt is the Quiet Council on this issue? I still believe, like, that's not Beast, it's Dark Beast, but... I no one else has made Ugh, that. I don't want that. Or maybe it's a little Russian uh, doll that's in his brain operating things. I what? just it's just such a. I mean, I know like the like Hank McCoy has been shifting in this direction, but it just feels very like they wanted to overdrive on I, how much of a bastard he is. I don't want it because I think the brand beast stuff is too good to have it be someone else. That was a that was that wasn't the annual right that that scene the one where no 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 the the one where she shoves her finger into his eye socket yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that talk about like, in like a weird like that wasn't the annual got, uh, no yeah. that wasn't the annual was no. it no uh, no, no, I, no 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 yeah. no, no, why, no why don't you look it up Galen but she's like the height of romance uh, do you mind and he's like he knows exactly what she wants she's totally Let me pull out it. my eyeball and for you to just boop. Put your little finger in there. It's I don't. Hot. Re- it's hot. Wait, why? Why does he have that scar? I don't eye? remember. Uh, no, what? it was cut out by I think one of the Russian the Russian dolls. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Um. Well, she wanted to get up in it. The healer healer couldn't fix that. No, he didn't want it. The healer sucks. He didn't want it, and he also didn't want to die because he wanted to keep his fucked upness. Oh yeah, he had all that knowledge that he didn't want to get rid of. Yeah, that's right. Um. I, what a weird relationship, but I'm glad it's that kinky. I'm glad they brought that back. I don't remember them even dealing with it for eight years. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like they're in cahoots? I think they should. No, uh, no, it was no. Ex- it was no, X-Force no, no. 27 is where it happened, not yeah. the annual. I don't think they're in cahoots. No, because, I mean, he is doing everything to defend Krakoa, and she is a double agent working with Orcus for okay. what she believes is the greater good. So they're both just bastards I'm in their own way. just throwing out crazy ideas. All right, I'm so just let... old crazy Brett. So what, what the fuck's going on with this Forge bullshit and the goddamn hel- helmet and... Cerebrax? Why do, why do we have to keep... Why why is Black Tom in this storyline? Why is he even this team? Because he speaks for the trees. He's done eight things ever in 27 issues. And he goes and like almost gets killed over and over and over again. It's just dumb. It's uh, a waste of time. I love him, but it's just so stupid. There is a part of me that kind of loves like this one hapless guy who just gets killed every time. There's <laughs> there is a funny running joke. It doesn't there. happen enough though. Yeah, it could happen more. Like it needs to happen at least a ton of times or no times. I feel like Benjamin Percy should write Swamp Thing at some point because he loves his plants. Loves his plants. Yeah, for sure. Loves the plants to the point where I'm like, um, I like plants, but. Maybe, uh, you gotta no. be a plant ad. Do I? Yeah. Once you start getting plants, you get too many. And then uh, and then you write books plants. that aren't very good. Yeah, that's part of the plant dad process. Okay. I will say X Force number twenty seven was I wouldn't call it a return to form from the early issues, but definitely a lot better than I was expecting, considering how much I really mm. disliked. Would you call it a death. tour to X Force? I wouldn't. I'm oh. glad they didn't do well, too that- much Russia stuff. Well, no, it's coming back. I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, he's rushing to do it. Uh, all right, let's Ugh. move on to Marauders number one by Steve Orlando. Friend of podcast, Steve Orlando, excuse me. I should have said that. You can still say it. No. Okay. 
uh, and artist a known uh, entity to the podcast. Known, no, he's a well wisher. He's a person we've spoken to eight minutes. Yeah. He's a well wisher in the in the sense that he doesn't wish us any specific harm. Uh, and the artist is uh, Eleonora Carlini. Uh, so the new swashbuckling team that formed during the annual that we read and reviewed kicks off their first true mission: making sense of billions of years of treasure maps to save mutants from the Shi'ar. Cassandra Nova who is very, very much featured in this book, joins a crew uh, making a claim for amnesty and uh, a, a new desire to protect rather than kill a mutant kind. Um, what do you guys think? She's the best thing about this book. A thousand percent. Having Cassandra Nova in this and written this way is like including a deadly real housewife in the group. <laughs> yeah. Like, it... You don't know what direction she's going to move in, but it's always dramatic. Yeah. I I agree. But yes, to Clark's point, she is the bet noir of the team. And they're, those are always the most interesting uh, aspects of any kind of a team. Thinking about like in Hellions, you know, um, I mean, well, that entire team is a bunch of bet noirs. But like what does Empath do, for example? Or in the early days of the all new, all different X-Men, what like Wolverine was interesting because you're like... He was unpredictable. And so, like, adding that, pardon the pun, the, that X factor on there, I think, you know, makes the, the comic a lot more interesting. I thought it was a very interesting character interaction to have Somnus not know who the fuck she was. Yeah. Right. But also that she's, she's basically says to him that, you know, you're the only person who probably could have stopped me from rummaging around in their mind if you wanted to, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right. Um, I think it might make for an interesting. Uh, you know, series of interactions later. I, I liked everything that happened. There was a lot of wonky dialogue. This one that Somnus says, uh, don't like bald Catherine Hepburn. Is this a joke? I, and it just, everything was just so bizarrely not fun. I'll start by taking your, what you know on our terms, Phil. Like I, everything just seemed bizarre. I don't think I've ever heard a person describe another person as filth in real life. No. F- you filth. I say but that to you all the time. I love what's going on in it. It's just everything's a little stilted. Still fun. All right. So last week, um, Adam and Brent reviewed Immortal X-Men. Um, oh, wait. I was, was going to talk about how I like the Eric the Red, and now Delphos is another Delphos oh, the go Red. For it. Go for it. Sorry. I just like the fact they never really... We never had a backstory for these characters or this... Eric the Red in whatever thirty no, years. Yeah, for sure. I have always years. thought he was an interesting, interesting villain um, from his early appearances in like uh, Uncanny X Men. Love and, it. Love a secret SWAT team that the Royal Guard has never heard of, but has been yeah. protecting us from well, they the knew, darkness. They did know all. Eric the Red. Oh, so he is. So this is actually a known entity. He showed up during the Dark Phoenix shit. No, no, no. Sorry, or the I Phoenix. Meant, shit. I meant yeah. this. This group. This Illuminati. No, just him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he so attacked they, an airport. Yeah, so they're, yeah, I remember. They're not the original mutants. They're just people that know the about the original mutants. I think that's right. All right. Yeah, I also will say uh, I definitely like the homage to Captain Harlock with the ship, uh, with the Marauders. What the hell does that mean? Captain Harlock is uh, uh, an anime of a very skinny pirate, and like he just looks really cool. And uh, the ship that the Marauders had when they got into space was very much reminiscent of the Jolly Roger. Which Why this would come on when we had three TV channels. Guess Captain Harlock. Check him out. 
he goes to the stars. Have y'all really never heard of Captain? No, Kala? I have no no clue what you're talking about. What anime is this? It's an it's like it was like an anime from the 70s and 80s. What is like, it called? Captain Harlock, literally uh, Captain Harlock. I'm not listening to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! I Read liked, a book. Yeah. I liked Gabriel Summers wanting to kill his Xavier because every single Summers has to kill an Xavier. That's from the other thing we were talking about. Yeah, the X Men Red. Yeah, all yes. right, sure. All right, let's get into some secrets. All right. Ooh, a gossip corner. All right. Sinister Secrets. So in Immortal X-Men last week, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, Sinister Secrets, so we're going to go through all of them and then make some guesses on who we think it might be. So number one, Scandal. What certain young lady is keeping private company with Mr. Sinister? What do y'all think? What young lady? Is keeping, yes. Is fucking Mr. Sinister? Is keeping private company. It's not always about sex, friends. I don't know. Bling. She's not a lesbian anymore, and he's having sex with her, even though she's made out of can diamond. I, can I she's pick, still a lesbian. Can I pick... You don't know. Can I pick Mrs. Sinister? It's Mr. Sinister with a bow on his head. There is a Mrs. Sinister. There is a Mrs. Sinister. No, it's Mrs. Sinister. Oh, she's married? Yes, to herself. Okay. My suggestion was Kate Pride. Uh, no, it's bling. Next secret. It's bling. All right. Secret number two. Does the fiery newcomer think that the Quiet Council means one must use silencers on all your automatic weapons? Hope. It's hope. That's not at anything. That's not a secret. That's a very Statement obvious one. Yeah. Writer's block is a terrible thing. Rejoice. The muse is going to strike someone who hasn't written a major work for over 100 oh, years. Destiny. Keep going. I thought it meant the Russian author controlling Colossus. No. Yeah, but that guy's not 100 years old, and they had a whole He's thing. pretty old. No, Destiny. How, how old is he? Yeah. All right, the fourth one, the dress code this year at the gala is huge diplomatic egg on your face. The queen is most miffed, but at least she gets to she gets her revenge on a certain council member. Obviously, Emma, but who is she's getting revenge on Charles, I would imagine? Yeah, I don't know who else she hates right now. Well, Magneto's up on Mars, so, you know. And she already has gotten her revenge on yeah. Shaw. Do you think this means that someone wears the same outfit as Emma? It's Xavier. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, who wore it better? Yeah. Are we going to do one of those? All right. Uh, so number five, it's Judgment Day. Let's hope we're not being judged for our spelling choices. Yeah. It's Judgment, you ruffians. Obviously talking about the summer crossover written by Kieran Gillen. I once got in a fight with a teacher about the spelling of Judgment. Is she dead? You judged I, I don't know if she's alive or not. Was she your judge? So you jury next it was a very now. slow poisoning. You I said that with an e, as two E's is still accurate and she's like no there's only one way to spell it and then we looked in the dictionary and then she didn't talk to me for the rest of the class <laughs> what class what teacher is this this is like in middle school no Imagine what, was what like, class chemistry like it was a, chemistry it wasn't even it like was reading or oh. okay she also did a weird thing where she would go around, physical ed she would go around the room and say like how do you pronounce this word and it was often <laughs> and often so some people would say often and other words and she's like wrong and then she'd go to the next student and she They'd say often, and she'd go wrong, then point to the next student. And she just went around for like half the class. I'm just thinking of this is History of the World Part One, where they're at the Roman origin. She goes, No, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yes. I just don't know if it was helpful instruction. I had an English teacher named Mrs. Cochran who was a crazy lunatic who would drink scope during class and just like burn things. And she would just give people random grades that didn't actually correspond to anything. And do you think it was scope? 
No, um, could have been Listerine. Yeah, no, I meant that she's like. Oh, she was drunk as shit, and yeah. she smoked all the time. She was a monster, and and I had I I got all the stuff she burned and brought it into the vice principal, and then she was fired. That uh, was wild. Let's move on with the secrets. All right, number six. It's an island. Uh, is an island nation going to be destroyed? Maybe, but don't worry, it's not ours. Mm, Genosha. Mm-hmm. Mm. Japan. The United Kingdom. Yeah, could be United Kingdom, okay. but it's an island. Uh, number seven, which blue mutant is going to see red? I mean, is it Mystique? Is it Nightcrawler? Is it Beast? I All think it's Nightcrawler. Them. Also, I just don't, like, what's the point of these secrets? Like, the last ones, they also were somewhat foreshadowing, but they kind of were revealing information about stuff that's, like, currently mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, the only ones, well, the last four. That's fun. All right, number eight. Acting like We're having fun, Brent. Yeah, acting like being immortal is a new thing is very gauche. Some of us have been rocking the look for a while, and trust me, we've all had manner of adventures. Rockslide. No, he's just really old. Okay. What? Yeah. Rockslide is was it eight? Well, he said rocking the look for a while, and I mean, you don't say that without referring to Rockslide. Okay. Oh, well, I also think he might be referring like Apocalypse could come back. Sure, sounds great. Next He's one. really old. Uh, number nine, look on the bright side. The council chamber being white means it's easy to see where you have to mop off the blood stains. Okay, that's just there will be a fight. There will be blood. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number 10. Fu- or it's really poignant uh, race commentary. Hmm. Uh, number 10. Uh, finally, someone who actually deserves it gets thrown in the pit. Good riddance. Exodus? Beast? I thought all this, they keep going, and I thought it was all... All sinister. I thought each one. Yeah. Then it says, "Oh no," right? Oh. Yeah. Oh no. Maybe Selene. him and then help assuming him because this is this is sinister saying these things. Oh uh, yeah. And he's he's now that we know he's seeing future things based on all the Moiras, then they threw him out and uh, they threw him in. Oh, thing. Okay. oh yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't even uh, read it that way, but yeah, that makes sense. Fine. Yeah. Finally, someone actually deserves it. Gets thrown in the pit. Good riddance. Oh no! Help! Just help me! It stretches on like endless cold. Uh, infinity balloons and a scream is too big for my head. This he- this is a hell of my own making. Hell is the people. Hell is also mean. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that more. Yeah. What'd you think of the issue? What? Immortal X Men. What'd you, you? Oh God! I was I was done with it. Um, I don't know. Oh, I, we were talking about the fact that I don't understand voting in. Every single issue we've ever read, they always have to make it basically almost a stalemate, and they also don't functionally explain what everyone's thinking. So I'm like, I, I don't understand. Here's a question. Were they trying to vote Hope or Celine, or was it just Hope, period, and the figure it I, out later? I hope, think it was hope, hope, period. Yes, and then they would have voted on Celine. Yeah. Okay, then why the fuck do our three X-Men and Xavier vote against hope but they will then maybe vote Celine. so i think xavier thing's bizarre xavier didn't want hope because he wants the five under his thumb and if hope gets on the council the entire raison d'etre of krakoa the resurrection protocols they have their own power base and i don't think he wants that i think Celine being a villain is a villain he can be like oh whatever she's just gonna go do her like weird resurrection mat or like bring the dead ba- back like magic shit you know but she like was... hope but hope is a challenge to his authority an agreeable ally is more dangerous to him than a recognizable villain 
Yeah, and but the X, the like the Storm, Nightcrawler, and Colossus voting with Professor X, I just think is he was their former headmaster, and they just went with him. Goose stepping losers. Basically, yeah. So it was just I think I don't think that was explained well, but but Charles voting against Hope made a ton of sense to me. I just hate that they have to do it. It has to be perfect. It has to almost be a tie every single time. And they don't explain. And they never explain. Night, Nightcrawler's reactions are always stupid as fuck. When he's like, Mommy, I'll vote with you. When well, it was. Yeah. So when it was uh, Destiny. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're being fair, then there's a pretty high degree of consistency with the stupidity. Yeah, of exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's all. No, it's all <laughs> annoying. And Storm really doesn't have a vote that's actually functional. She doesn't really explain very much. Yeah. Who the fuck's the third one there? I don't even Colossus. remember. Colossus. Colossus. Well, who was the one before? Oh, Cyclops. Marvel Girls. I Marvel don't know. Girl. Anyways, all of them are fucked up. Yeah. All right, they all stupid. Yeah. Cyclops um, was never on the council. But uh, yes, he was a guardian. Captain, where the fuck he was? Captain. Uh, but no, I do love that Sinister called out Nightcrawler for being stupid in the book because yeah. I love Kurt. But Kurt's stupid. Yeah. He's a little stupid. All right. Is that uh, it for uh, everything? I thought you were going to talk about Colossus's titties. Oh, damn titties. Any fucking day of the week. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves the beard. I'm glad the beard has stuck around because yeah, it's so much better. Them, them metallic titties. Is that a news flash right here? It's a news flash. It's the news, but you wish it was over quicker. All right, there's a potential new Dazzler comic coming out uh, in a new comic series called Exterminators. The news was uh, teased by the artist Carlos Gomez. Ryan, what do you think? Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on Dazzler? I'm excited for this. What was the last time we had Exterminators? 1983? 1988. Or during Inferno. Uh, I love that... Uh, Ryan screamed so loudly that only dogs could hear it. Yeah. Did you have opinions on Dazzler? Uh, I'm happy. I like her. Yeah, Dazzler deserves deserves all the love in the world. Uh, I'm glad that they're bringing back the Exterminator's name. And in fact, when they were previewing Hellions before we knew what the Hellions was, my prediction was that book was going to call, be called Exterminators, mm-hmm. and then it was not called that. Well, I'm most excited because I think the art actually looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Carlos uh, drew the Miss America miniseries that we reviewed a couple weeks ago on podcast. <laughs> that's the end of the news. <laughs> Is that like a that's all, folks? Yeah, uh, we we last time we had like a uh, a Super Mario whatever. All, all right. right, let's move on to the next segment. It's called See You Next Tuesday. So wait, next see TV. You, see, see you next, next TV. TV. It's called something. It's our weekly segment where we focus on the latest and greatest of the MCU Disney Plus TV shows. And while we're not gonna digest the entire series, maybe we'll save that for the end. We're gonna talk about each episode as they come out each week. This week, it's Moon Knight episode two. Stephen Grant and Mark Spector find they have some philosophical differences about the nature of justice with the villain Arthur Harrow on this week's episode of Mind Nordy Report. Uh, is it okay to kill children? How long did it take you for it to come up with it that? It came out instantly. All right, that's uh, right. Is it considered justice to punish someone if they don't have free will? We learn that Mark is married to Layla, and uh, just as they're getting divorced, he's trying to learn all of her hobbies so he can take her friend group as they split. Uh, Conchu's power apparently consists of light wind, flickering lights, and, uh, oh yeah, the imbuing a human being with a miracle of life and giving them superpowers. So, not able to do much. <laughs> Let's start with the flickering lights. Why was there a random screen freeze in the middle of the episode? So, uh, 
Steven. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah, Steven uh, sees uh, um, Kanchu for the first time, mm-hmm. really up close, and then screams. And there's a weird freeze frame that lasts for a second. Oh, and a half, I do remember. And I don't know why. I actually thought it was my Disney Plus like glitching for a second because yeah. when I was watching the first episode last week. You know, it starts with, uh, what's the antagonist's name again? Arthur Harrow. Arthur Harrow, when he's, like, getting up to, like, get ready and has the glass in the in, in his shoes and everything. Yeah. I, like, I had the closed captioning on, and it was supposed to say soft music, and I'll, I just heard, like, weird, <laughs> like, noises. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Is this a very interesting beginning? And I was like, am I supposed to be hearing something else? So I just rebooted the the app. Oh, and yeah. then it was like, oh, it was just fucking up. So I was wondering if the app had fucked up. Someone on Twitter pointed out, oh, he, if he thinks that broken glass is painful, why doesn't he put Legos in there? Which I liked. That's true. Um, so how does this episode compare to the prior one? Uh, do you have any feeling and, and, and that this will be better? Watch back to back. In episode one, I really liked um, Stephen Grant. And this one, I found him unwatchable i hate when the necessity the necessity for someone to not functionally explain something to make a story happen instead of uh mark just saying we're you know part of the same blah 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 mental health da, 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 da. he's just let's do conchu and all this stuff that is totally irrational for someone to hear ever and not just say fuck this this is what it is done and then Stephen grant's a fucking idiot he like is like, oh, I'm not gonna give you powers because instead I want us to die. Hey, Layla, what's up? I want us to get killed. It's either choice between us not dying or dying. I mean, and they're gonna kill a lot of children. I mean, I don't really understand. If you're talking about justice, not doing anything and letting kids get killed or this woman get killed is worse than some guy who's another version of you killing bad people. It was definitely where you saw the seams in the plotting and the scripting of extending the season, mm-hmm. like by having Steven, you know, uh, resist the call. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, at first you're like, okay. And then by the time you're at like hour or not hour or minute, like 38, I'm like, this is exhausting. I wanted to just fucking close my computer. It, it, it was just exhausting. And also, like, I think the back and forth between Mark and Steven and Oscar Isaac is a phenomenal actor and he sells both of them mm-hmm. is a little too Bruce Banner Hulk for me. Uh, and that's not I mean, I know people make changes in adaptations and I'm generally uh, you, you whether even if I agree or disagree with it, like I understand like you have to do that sometimes. It just felt like it was mining stuff that had already existed in the MCU. I feel like I like the characters, but I don't like the characterization. Like, I think that there is something defined about Mark. I think there's something defined about Arthur and Layla and Steven that's interesting yeah. and well done. But I really can't. I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm tired of waiting for them to get to where I know they're supposed to be. Yeah. He just needs to learn that he's like. Uh, one part of him is an agent of Kanchu, and we're kind of, you know, looking at the clock, waiting for him to get there. I think it could have been much more fun in this episode if there was some part of actually like struggling over using the body, that they are taking turns mm. at the wheel, that makes it feel like well, there's more dynamism there. rather than, you know, Steven. I guess I'm thinking of like Clark's point, because it's like, you have these characters and you want them to make choices. You want them to face conflict, but you rob them 
of the ability to do that. And him giving up the body, I actually understand why he doesn't want to do it because every time he does, he's hyper-violent and hurts people. He doesn't know whether they're good or bad. He just knows that he has blood on his hands. Cool. Make him actually experience that choice. There's a point where Arthur says, turn over the person who has the fucking scarab. Right. It's a compass. Yes, we got it. It's a compass. Stop saying it. (laughs) Turn over the person who has a scarab. Mark has a choice now. Turn over the person who has a scarab or release this monster in him that will cause a lot of damage. They robbed him of the ability to make that choice by having Layla show up and go, Uh it's me. Wouldn't it have been so much more interesting to learn about that character by him saying, no, I can't do that. Or even better, I think, yes, saying it's Layla and then her showing up and saying, I'm right here. Right. Well, I think a lot of it, I think Stephen Grant, the whole concept where he, you know, he knows Egyptian, he has the same taste in French poet and stuff. He was created out of kind of this pure love for Layla. Yeah. Yeah. So he only exists that. Everything is connected to that. And then that's why the character of Stephen Grant immediately falls, like immediately is into her. At the same time, he's like, fuck, I'll, I'll let you get killed instead of me turning into a fucking conchu and shit. You're going to get eaten by this weird uh, jackal thing, but whatever. So I don't quite understand that part, but I, I, I don't. Well, I think so in the show, they made Stephen the way that Clark described him and the way we've seen him. In the comics, Stephen is like a millionaire, millionaire play, playboy or billionaire playboy. And I'm pretty sure the writers did not want another like sort of like comparison to Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. slash Batman because like a lot of people have already oh this is Egyptian or white Batman like yeah. this is you know another Bruce Wayne and so they found a different way to do it and it's because they don't have enough source material to mine for Steven that this is getting extended into this sort of like goofy you know I like it. hapless. You like it? I like it a lot because I think that Oscar Isaac really brings a sense of like groundedness to that character. He does seem like someone who's like lost in this world. And I think he's got really good comedic timing. Mm -hmm. So I think that when he's doing like stupid fumbly stuff, it's not over the top. uh, But it's just funny enough. Here's my question. And this is going to be a friend's question where he's got this huge fucking loft, but he has like, oh, the shittiest job with nothing. And he buys like a fucking huge ass steak. It's like he has money, but no money at and the he, same time. He buys like, he has millions and millions of books. It's Mark's money. He's spending Mark's I, money. I know, but, oh, but okay. what his, I know, but like what he's buying all he these buckets of sand. He doesn't get anything about himself. Right. Which is frustrating. So do you think, by the way, going back mother to mother doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Okay. So is there a mother? Does she matter? And this ties into my next question, which is this series seems somewhat notably independent of a lot of the other MCU stuff. Like there's been tons of opportunities to refer to things that are happening in the MCU, but they haven't. Is that to the detriment or benefit of the show? So two things there. One, uh, my theory, you remember how in the first episode he kept calling her, he said late, latest Gata. Alligator. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gata. And so the deity that Arthur is, a, Amit. Amit, Amit has, the head of a crocodile. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's a connection there. Yeah, but he would say, see you in a while, crocodile, because there are no gators in Egypt. So we know that it's not true. What? Um, <laughs> so that's, that's one. The other thing is I am surprised that, 
and it could still very well happen. There's still what like four episodes left. Uh, that it takes until the end of this episode where he goes to Egypt it takes place in London in a museum. Where's Dane Whitman? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, so you know. I love that he's just having a little night at the museum for himself. Yeah, yeah. So, how long do you think he's been in existence? Moon Knight, you mean, or no? Uh, I mean, you guys will find that out later. Fist, as the fist of Conchu? No, no, no. As Stephen Grant's existence. Oh, because Layla he has basically has dropped off from Layla like a few a month or two ago, maybe. And Mark had said it's been a long time that he was in Stephen. No. Well, he I has a job, but then he also is leaving calls for his mother who never calls him back. Does he just forget that she's never called him back or he just doesn't like, seem to. I don't like the Amit theory. I don't like it. It feels too. It feels like it's going to happen. I don't like that. It makes I me mean, uncomfortable. It's, it's, <laughs> his I, mother is a crocodile. He didn't know that. Yeah. I could I could be very well wrong, but I do. I do think I mean, it makes sense that they're ultimately going to bring in Moon Knight into like the. Midnight yeah. Suns, the supernatural stuff with Blade and Black Knight. And we could get Dane Whitman in the last episode surprise. I, yeah. And Blade. Well, Blade, yeah. they may not premiere him here. Well, and then we're going to get Werewolf by Night in yeah. October. I mean, yeah. I doubt that they'd do it, but introducing vampires in some way in here, I think, would. Well, we're getting help. some shit. That well, would be, that would be some, fun. Yeah. So uh, I am convinced, though. Uh, that Egypt will be better portrayed here than it was in Wonder Woman 1984. What about it? Would it be better than in Days of Future Past? Yes, probably. Or sorry, Age of Apocalypse. Age of yes. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, also with I, I, Oscar Isaac. Yes. So based on spoilers, it it's not actually spoilers. Yeah. That next issue is supposed to—I mean, episode is supposed to be also bad, and then it's supposed to get good again. Right. Well, it's like the—it's uh, the Marvel show model because that's how Hawkeye was. Like Hawkeye was like, eh, and then like episode four, it's like, whoa, this is actually really good. Yeah, that's a thing from Netflix that they realize that if you don't hook people by episode four, they mm-hmm. just stop paying attention. Yeah. And so there are so many shows that I think now model their method on like. Whatever interesting is going to happen needs to be the fourth episode. I mean, I feel like you need to do good stuff from the beginning because the reviewers only Clark, watch Clark, Clark. only watch the first three usually. So Clark, they're gonna, if you want to, the make reviews good, are going to be lower based on that. You want to make a good TV show? You want to make a Number great TV four. show? No, we're making shitty TV that's packaged good. All right, no I mean, more. The of this, reviews like, aren't that great because episodes two and three were shit. Yeah, but one was actually very interesting. Yeah. but. Brent, this is this is getting kind of stupid. No, this is, is definitely going to be stupid. All right, this is stupid. Morbius edition. We have to stop talking about the night. We need to talk about vampires and the night. Okay. Morbius. Not a real vampire, but okay. Is a vampire. Science and vampire. Science vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows chemistry. Uh, Morbius is getting weird reviews. It's doing okay. $35 million, which it's, was under what they thought, so it's, not it's great. It's still not bad. So it's after the Batman has been out for a month, and Multiverse of Madness won't be coming out for another month. And there are so many details about this movie that are coming out, and they just make it look a lot worse. So we are going to have like a somewhat spoilery conversation about the movie even not having doesn't... seen it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but honestly, we don't want you to give them money because we want Sony to feel bad for what they've done. I love that it opened on April Fool's Day. Yeah. Because uh, that seems very appropriate. Mm-hmm. So there was an interview with the director, Daniel Espinoza, that, who's a very fine director. Yeah. And 
the interviewer basically was trying to get at the fact that, hey, it seems like you're a really great director. What's going on here? Why is this garbage? And Espinosa was very tactful, but we learned, for example, that uh, Jared Leto wouldn't stop using his canes between takes <laughs> to walk around, which was slowing down production. So the only way they could get him to move faster was to have a wheelchair yeah, ready for you him. You didn't explain the best part. It was because he kept going to the toilet and the toilet was so far away that he was using the crutches to get there. And yeah. so he was late coming back. So then they had to get a wheelchair to some, someone had to bring him to the toilet in a to wheelchair. Faster. <laughs> now, Blandil Day Lewis over here uh, is trying to act up a storm. Mm-hmm. The director, for his credit, was like, you know, all these actors have a different method. Yeah, and he was I, very nice about I it. Don't, I don't always know what the method is, but God damn it, he gets results. Not in this movie, but in some movies. Uh, heaven help us that in um, Jer- a Jared Leto movie where he plays a pedophile, because God knows what he'll do. What? Is he going to be that? He's a method actor. No, I mean he's gonna be. He's doing that in a movie. I'm just. I'm yet. just. I'm oh, just God, saying. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Look, I do want. I do wish he was method acting and just threw himself in front of a subway car, like in the previews of that movie. I, I yeah. just don't understand. I, look, I know that getting great acting, it it can't be impossible to get great acting out of actors without them being ridiculous. Meryl Streep is able to do it. You do not hear about female actor actors doing this kind of shit. Yeah, to the level that you know. There, I mean, there are definitely like toxic female actors out sure. there, but yeah, not to the level. Be, sure, but I sure. don't remember nothing to this level. Jared Leto. Why does Jared Leto? Oh, keep what's getting called? Angelina Jolie had that for a while. Yeah, but she's, she's gotten like better. Cutting bl- stuff into her. I yeah. don't remember when she married Johnny Lee Miller for a little bit, and she got yeah. cuttings herself, and like they bled together. I don't know. That's the nineties. Another thing about this that's really weird is, Hackers. is that one herself. of the big features of the trailers mm-hmm. was that Michael Keaton was going to be in this in some capacity. Yeah, and they then have him say pat, cross paths with Morbius and say, "You want to kill Spider Man, but Spider Man isn't in the movie, and also Morbius at this time isn't a villain." So he's not. He doesn't know who Spider Man is or hate him. It gets better because it's that's not even in the movie itself. It's in the post credit sequence mm-hmm. to set up the next whatever. So it's not the, yeah. in the the trailer spoiled the post credit sequence. First of all, yeah, and then secondly, you had uh, uh, Adrian Toomes, the Vulture, Michael Keaton, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Earth, getting transported to this Earth, which takes place. With Venom and, you know, whoever else. There is a Spider-Man here in this universe, apparently. We but just don't know who it is. We don't know who it is. And Morbius has never talked about Spider-Man at all. And so the Vulture saying, hey, you want to come kill Spider-Man? He's not like, who? This is just a decision by Sony. And they don't know what they're doing because no. they got extraordinarily lucky with Into the Spider-Verse. And they just think, well, if we just do anything multiversal, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, well, and then... The funniest slash worst thing of it all of it all is you remember in the trailer they had the joke of uh, somebody goes who are you and uh, Morbius goes oh I'm Venom no I'm kidding I'm just you know I'm Doctor Michael Morbius at your service so the movie sets up the joke and says I'm Venom never delivers the punchline I'm Doctor Michael Morbius at your service so the scene just ends with I'm Venom. Did they cut it for time? Why Why cut such a short line? I don't understand. 
Why who, is anything? Who gives a shit? This movie sucks. I've never seen it, and I never will. I, I guess they just put so much effort into getting it out, and there's so many delays, and it just felt like it was never going to happen, that you'd think, like, they finally have something, right? And I mean, the answer is no. They have dog shit. It's just a tax write-off, no. Well, what's funny is there's a backlash to the backlash, because now there are a lot of people Ugh, online saying... Off. I'm not the one I'm saying it. I'm just going to yell at Reddit right now. Yeah. Stop it, Reddit. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, we were like, no, it's actually it's actually a good movie. It's like when, remember, uh, oh, God, what was the comedian from the early 2000s? Freddie Got Fingered. What the fuck was his name? Tom. Tom Green. Mm. When everybody was like, oh, Freddie Got Fingered is actually, you guys don't get it. It's just anti-comedy. And it's like, oh, this is like, people are like, you guys just don't get it. It's actually the best superhero movie. It's like, anti-film. It's anti-film. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, it's just, people are... it's terrible. Don't watch the movie until you're on an airplane that's crashing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think or, I prefer the crash to the movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was our, all right, this is stupid. Let's move on to our very last segment, Plug Me Daddy. We wrap up with a little something called Plug Me Daddy. I don't know why I don't read this before. But every time I'm reading the same script, uh, we each get to quickly highlight, quickly highlight, quickly highlight something that we've read, seen, heard, experienced, or wanted to share with you, our little shit dicks. Uh, I've got a little plug, me daddy. It's for a show that's on Apple Plus called, is it Apple Plus? Apple TV. Apple TV called Severance. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. It is John Shore, right? It's, yeah, he's John Shore is in it, and also, uh, Ben from Parks and Rec is in it. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Um, Rosanna Arquette's in it. Uh, Patricia Arquette is yeah, in it. Yeah, the sister of, of, of Rosanna Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well acted. It's got a lot of dry humor in it. And the basic concept is that a, a company has figured out a way or someone's figured out a way to split your memory so you can go into work and not remember anything about your personal life and just do all your work stuff. And then when you leave your office... You're, you go home and you don't remember any of the work stuff, which is super unethical, but the show gets into all that, and it's really fun. I definitely want to watch it. Um, my plug, me daddy, and I won't go into spoilers because I know Clark is going to watch it, and many of you listening will watch it too, is the new A24 movie starring Michelle Yeoh, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, it is absolutely phenomenal. It's so phenomenal that I am wondering uh, slash worried that when Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness opens in about a month, that it can't hold a candle to the way that they did the multiversal shenanigans of this movie. It's so good. Go see it. That's really great. Um, so my second niece was born today. Yeah, last week. Sometime. Thursday. I don't know. But yeah. anyways. Uncle Clark. Her name is Soma, which my brother and sister-in-law won't admit slash don't realize. Soma is the name. I thought it was a sleep aid because I was thinking like Lunesta or something. But no, it's one of the three drugs in the cocktail you take. It's opioids, benzodiazepine, and Soma. Those are like the three you take that get really fucked up and die. Uh, Soma's the one you take first because it gets you high quickly while you're waiting for the benzos and the opiates <laughs> to kick in. And I'm like, you can't name your kid this. But they still did. Wasn't Soma also the thing in Brave New World like to like as an opiate? There you go. See? It's yeah, an, could you? So Aldous Huxley used Soma in that book. <laughs> um, they wow. wanted to use it because it's the name of a um, Hindu god of the moon, I believe. What are you trying to plug? I'm just trying to plug <laughs> Benzos. <laughs> <laughs> Hint, 
Hinduism, apparently. Yeah, uh, all of those things. Soma? But yeah, she's born and she's she's uh, just a baby that sits there and it's good. Yeah, babies don't do a lot. Yeah, they don't. They look cute though. Uh, you know, as always, Clark, you've left me speechless. Uh, that's the end of our episode. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X and Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. Benzos at your local CVS. <laughs> uh, just you need a doctor prescription or, you know, break in and steal them. We've been Homo Superior. Bye, little homos. Bye.